Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey, everybody. So we know or if you don't know by now, your website is a huge part of having an easeful private practice, um, whether you are a solo practice owner or a group practice owner. And I'm really excited to be doing this series with real therapists, with real private practices, talking about the ups, downs, sideways, joys, and horrors of uh, therapy websites. And highlighting what it took to get them to a website that really performs for them and their practice, what they do um, to maintain that and keep it all running like a well-oiled machine. Um, And just giving you that like behind the curtain peek of what does it really look like? What does a great website look like? What are the best therapist websites? Like, What do they really do in theory or in practice, because I think sometimes we get so focused on a website being like really pretty. Um, and then like to have a beautiful website that isn't functional and doesn't bring clients in and doesn't work with your practice is like all the ego. And we really want functional. I mean, pretty is great, but if it's not functional, if it's not growing your practice and making your job easier, then like, what's the point? Yeah. So I have the amazing Tabitha Westbrook here coming live from Texas um, to share her journey and story. She is an amazing human um, and runs an amazing group practice. I'll let her introduce the rest, but like if you ever get a chance to meet her and hug her in person, (laughs) do so like absolutely. So Tabitha, do you want to share with people um, where your practice is located, a little bit about your practice and who y'all see? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, 100%, I will hug anybody um, as long as, you know, it's okay with them. Um, I'm definitely a hugger. Uh, Our practice is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina. So we see clients all across North Carolina. We have a few clinicians who are um, licensed in multiple states, including me. Uh, So we have folks licensed in Wisconsin, Virginia, South Dakota, Florida, uh, Texas, yeah, I think that covers everything in North Carolina. Like, haven't have to think about that really hard sometimes. Um, but yeah, so we see um, primarily trauma and complex trauma. So if it's the worst thing you can imagine, those are our clients, mm-hmm. and we help them go from being in a valley in a ditch to being in the light. So um, like one of a, one of uh, my therapist friends says it this way: we snatch people back from the gate to hell. And that's pretty much how it works. We specialize in domestic abuse and coercive control, particularly in the church. So we come alongside churches to help them uh, do better and have policies and enact the policies and work well with survivors and perpetrators and um, really just make sure that people are well cared for in that space. So that is our primary jam and we love it. And I have five clinicians right now, not including myself. (laughs) fantastic and when did you start your private practice i started my private practice in february of 2015 okay and tell everybody about your first 
website. What did that look like when you first got started? So my first website was a DIYer um, mm -hmm. because, you know, I think that's how a lot of us start out. I did start off with a WordPress site, which was good. Um, and it was not bad. It wasn't mm. amazing, mm -hmm. but it wasn't bad. The one thing about it that I think I've maintained is it's very authentic. It's mm -hmm. very much indicative of our practice and it has a vibe and it's always had that vibe. I've improved it over the years, um, but it's, it's always had this very welcoming, calm and peaceful vibe. Mm hmm. And what were the things about that first website? You said like, there's a lot of it that like you liked and that you have mm -hmm. retained. What were the things about that first DIY process that did not work for you? Well, the acronym SEO meant literal nothing. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to put stuff out there and like hope people find me. Praise God. Good luck. And mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't have good SEO. I wasn't searchable well. Um, you know, a lot of the early clients that we had were word of mouth, which was awesome. But mm -hmm. we weren't coming up in Google and we weren't reaching the people that needed us. Right. Like, you know, there are people out there for each practice and they need to be able to find us. And if we don't have a good website that Google can locate, then they're not going to find us. So I think that was probably the biggest drawback in not knowing how to have a specialty page or what was out there, what I needed and how to talk about what we did. Mm -hmm. And it was just me. How to talk about what I did. Like there was more than one of me at that time. There yes. wasn't. It was just me. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, what, when did you actually learn that like, about SEO about and for for those of you listening, SEO is search engine optimization. What that is, is it is the way that Google and its little bots when somebody searches for something in their in the little window on google.com, Google is trying to figure out, you know what, how do I make this person really happy? How do I give them what they need? Because if I can give them what they need, then more people use Google and then I can sell more ads and make more money. So Google makes its money by being really intuitive about giving people what they're looking for. But it requires us as the, as the business owner or, the, or the, the person taking charge of our website to make sure that we're speaking in a way that Google can understand and that actually relates to what clients are typing in and searching. So if I say um, I'm providing um, client-centered, um, uh, I was trying to think of a good like um, thera-coaching, right? Um, and you're like, that's such a cool term. Like what I do, it's like more than therapy, it's thera-coaching, man. Um, and you'd be like, that's awesome. But literally, Google has no idea what coaching is. No one, and I, I'd have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure like no one's searching for coaching. Um, like that's not a thing yet. It could be in the future. Um, but if I'm putting that out there and that's all I talk about all through my website is coaching, Google can't bring people to me. All they can do is go, oh, huh, that's new. Cool but you're going to have to actually like create something like right now, Zinni me, right. The name of, of our business is now a search term, but at the beginning we had to go out <laughs> and like teach people like about Zinni me and what it was. Now it's a thing, but it's not there. So anywho, so how did, when did you first start learning about SEO? In bootcamp. 
<laughs> it was like, what does your website need to have on? And I was like, oh crap, none of that. Like, I don't have any of that. <laughs> so yeah, Tavri went through our business school for therapists. <laughs> and what what did it feel like? Like, um, I, I know this is going to sound silly and maybe you don't even remember, but do you remember what it felt like emotionally to like see that on the page and to realize like, oh, this is why everything is word of mouth. This is why the website isn't doing that. Was it was it a relief? Was it a drop in your stomach? Was it like an aha moment or were you like pissed? Like, how did you feel? I think that whole first round of business school was like drinking from a fire hose. Not going to lie. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I don't know. And I don't know a lot. Um, but it was, it was somewhat relieving and it felt good to have a plan, like mm. to know like, okay, there are things I can do that can make this better. And they're not hard things. They're just things. Yeah. And I can kind of level this up a little bit. And mm -hmm. I learned what I'm capable of in terms of my own website design and what I'm not. And that mm -hmm. led me to change platforms. I'm still a WordPress site, but um, I have a host company now that I work with. And so if there's like, I still do almost all of my back end because I might have some control issues when it comes to branding and, you know, writing and what it says and that sort of stuff. Um, but if I can't figure something out and I'm like, Hey, I need you to add this or fix this, or I broke something, <laughs> then mm -hmm. I can get some help within like usually 24 hours and they fix whatever is going on. That's so, so lovely. That's and helpful because I'm not an IT professional. I'm a therapist. <laughs> yes. And that's something I always recommend when somebody is using WordPress, that if you're going to use WordPress, do have an external hosting company who has things built in that if you get hacked, if you have an issue, if something breaks, that they can actually fix it for you as part of their hosting process. So Brighter Vision is one of the options that does that. Um, and, and they've been through kind of a lot. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, we, we met them at a certain point. They, they grew, their customer service went way down. They actually sold and now their customer service has been going back up. They're hiring a bunch of customer service people. So now it was like taking like a week to get a feedback. Now it's back to like a day. Did you experience that, Tabitha, with Brighter Vision in terms of the customer service? I did not because I do so much of my own backend uh, stuff. I don't have to ask for a lot. <laughs> like only if I've really jacked it up, do I have to be like, hey, y'all. So that wasn't my experience with mm -hmm. them. Um, and they and, and I even looked into at one point doing just a refresh with them. But my site is so well known at this point and so it speaks to people so well. Like mm -hmm. I still get, oh my gosh, like we looked at your site. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It We can find everything super easily. Like, you know, so I haven't needed to update it. And I think that's one of the beautiful things of once you know what to put in and you know kind of the rhythm that you need to have that you don't have to make like a ton of updates. Like I've had yeah. literally the same general aesthetic on my site since 2017 and haven't had to change it. And it's still speaking to my clients. And that's yeah. the most important thing, right? Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't matter what it looks like if people aren't resonating with the content of it and they can't find your stuff. Yeah, I think that's the piece. Let's talk about like writing copy. What was that like initially to to write content as you're kind of looking at the blank page? Because when you start a website from scratch, DIY or otherwise, even if you purchase a website from someone else, I think sometimes we have this assumption that like, oh, someone's going to build my website and we just assume they're going to like write it all for us. And then they're like, hey, so send us what you want on each of these pages. And you're like, oh, wait, 
I thought that's what this money was for. Like, oh, I, I have to write that. What was it like initially to kind of look at the blank page? So for me, it was fun because I love to write and I possess a whole lot of words. So <laughs> I'm like, adjectives? Why, yes, the thesaurus is something I read for fun. This is delightful. So for me, I enjoyed very much writing the copy. And I had a very particular and still a very particular way I want to say things about what we do and about our practice. Mm -hmm. So for me, there's a very particular way of languaging things because mm -hmm. I'm speaking. And this, again, is a product of you know business school was really like being able to say, hey, this is how you know if I'm a great therapist for you, talking to my clients and saying, mm -hmm. here's, here's who I can help. Here's who, this is who I vibe really well with and languaging everything around that. And I've been very particular about that over the years of just how we say, how we present, how we speak to the people that will be best helped by us. Yeah. And so for me, that piece was really fun. It was yeah. also really helpful in um, business school to have some blog templates, like here are some topics that you can cover mm -hmm. um, that can help people find you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how, like, how do you find a counselor? And those are things that not only can help people find my practice, but can help people find the right therapist for them. Because if yeah. we're not the right people for them, that's okay. We want to yeah. help them get to the right people. So what questions can you ask a therapist? How can you interview a therapist? Therapists should 100% want to give you information and make sure they're the best fit for you. And if you're not getting that, then how are you going to feel communicating? Can you bring up an issue, you know, yeah. or a concern? So for me, that those pieces have been super, super helpful in just making sure that the people that come to us, mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to help them well and serve them yeah. well, and they're going to get better and they're going to feel, you know, different and make mm -hmm. the changes that they have maybe thought they couldn't. What are some of the ways that your website prepares your your potential clients clinically before so, they even step in the room? Yeah, we do some specialty things. So we, I'm EMDR certified. Most of our clinicians are trained in either EMDR or brain spotting or both. I'm one of the people that's trained in both. So we talk a lot about what those are and who mm -hmm. they help and what they treat. Um, mm -hmm. That way, because it can feel a little bit, you know, kind of esoteric at one of my colleagues calls it voodoo. I promise you it is not voodoo. It is not magic. There is nothing magical. I mean, I think I'm pretty magical and amazing, but I will agree. <laughs> Tabby is absolutely magical and amazing for sure. But you know, this stuff that we do is based in science and it all has research to back it up. So having people be able to understand that when maybe it's not a term that they've heard of, or maybe they've only done talk therapy in the past to have them have a space to read about it, to get a little bit familiar with it, to understand what we treat, you know, to understand like, oh, what is PTSD? And how might that be impacting my life? What is anxiety? You know, how can we help teenagers? How can we help kids? Because we do have a therapist that sees kiddos as young as five. Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we work with these different groups? And I think that kind of sets the stage for how we roll in our practice, mm -hmm. basically. And also we have things there. Like, I, I, I like to joke that therapists are the least surprising people ever. Because like, we just tell you our fees, like, this is what it costs. This is what's going to cost to come to see me. There you go. <laughs> and which is which is why we're all irritated about the no surprises. Act, right. Because we were not surprising anybody. Like, no. this was not a thing. Like, we were very clear. 
Right. No, I'm very unsurprising. It's all printed on the website. This is what we charge. So, you know, I think those things can help people prepare for, is this a good fit for me? Does yeah. it fit within my budget? Does it fit for what I need? Can they meet my needs? And yeah. those are great questions and questions for them to kind of ask themselves about like, you know, how do you do this particular thing? Or for our faith-based clients, they want to know how do we integrate faith? And, you know, the answer to that is it really depends on the client, but you know, or do you have to have faith to come see you? And the answer is no, you don't. So, you know, to get some of those things answered is all out there for them. I think this is the piece too. That's so interesting. I remember, you know, I was uh, early-ish in the EMDR world, right? Going through that process. And I remember a lot of people saying like, well, how do I convince clients to do EMDR? Like, you know, how do I have these conversations? And the truth is, you really don't have to convince clients to do EMDR. You, you just share about it. But when you're in a session with someone and you're kind of like trying to give them all this information in the context of a session, like that is like, to me, that's like the least effective use of like face-to-face time with a client. The mm-hmm. fact that you can almost like if you were to give someone a book or a pamphlet and then your website does that and somebody can come in saying, oh, I was on your website I have chronic PTSD. I read the research and what you shared about EMDR and like the fact that I don't have to talk about what I'm doing. Like, wow, like I'm pre, you know, pre-sold, but like I am prepared. I am Mm -hmm. saying exactly what I'm not, what I want. And now I have words and language to ask for what I need. In a way, if we were to fast, if we were to like go back 15 years ago when we had the phone book or what have you, people didn't know what the options were. You were really right. just coming into therapy kind of blind and you didn't know that there was all these different options. I think this is one of the magic ages of psychotherapy if we allow it to be because we have um, so much more access to give people information and provide them support and encouragement. So tell me about like the transition for your website in particular, as you move from a solo to a group practice, what did that look like and feel like? How much time did it take to like, to, to shift your website from being solo focused to group focused for your first clinician? Gosh, it took a little longer than I would have liked it. (laughs) I'm being honest. Um, Always. Because I had to find all the places it was I and make it we and our and, you know, and make it, you know, more broad in the languaging and also add my clinician's specialties um, because they're, she's definitely a trauma therapist, but she is, my first clinician is an amazing art therapist. Like, mm. girl, she blows me away. She's like, I was thinking about doing this. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Do you need <laughs> me to buy you paint? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and she does these incredible things. And so getting that information out there and getting to know for each of my clinicians and interns, what do you love, you know, and interns don't always quite know what they love, but like, what do you want to love? Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that they at least love trauma because that's the only way you can work with me anyway. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you love? What are you passionate about? What, what kinds of clients just really make you go? Yes, I want to come in and I want to do this Mm -hmm. work. And so we want to put all that out there. So they each have a bio page with their headshot. So you can see who they are, what they look like, you know, get to know about who they love helping. And And you can see like the diversity of your staff, like that connection piece that like everyone isn't just a copycat Mm -hmm. of the, of the other person. 
yeah, we have amazing, unique individuals that work in our practice. And, mm -hmm. you know, that is something I really wanted to showcase, like in how we, how we let people know that they're there. And yeah. so, and it's an interesting thing for somebody who likes to write to add in the SEO because it doesn't make for good sentences sometimes. <laughs> I know. And you and I have had these conversations. I'm like, that yeah. sentence is terrible. And you're like, I know. <laughs> and then I have I'm to like, like and I'll be like, okay, look, if we can just have one terrible sentence and then you can have all the natural pieces, you know, as you go through. And this is one of those pieces that we teach about SEO is like, even if it's just like one heading on the page, like I will often do a heading that's like therapy Modesto or counseling Modesto. And then the rest of it will be like counseling in Modesto or therapy in Modesto or therapist in Modesto. But having one place where like I call it out exactly what I'm looking for, mm -hmm. having that in a heading, having that in the URL slug, having the navigation title be that, you know, those kinds of things can really add up and make life easier. And there's, you know, give Google the information it needs to say, yeah, I'm that. That's mm -hmm. what we are. Right? Yeah. For those of you who are listening, if you have questions about websites for therapists, um, feel free to post them. I know I saw Jerry's here and Kelly is here. Kelly's over here on a different Kelly, Kelly with a Y-E over on LinkedIn. Jerry's over on Facebook. Different people are kind of logging on and off as we go. You know, post your questions because we're happy to answer them. Um, so we going back to, you said longer than I would have liked. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. I think a lot of times people think when they're moving from a solo to a group practice, they're like, oh, that'll take me like an hour to update my <laughs> website. So much nope. <laughs> but did you think it would just take like an hour or two? No, initially? I figured it would take a little bit longer, uh -huh. but I wasn't quite prepared. Apparently I used a lot of like individual languaging more than I thought. And so as I like, I would have to, and I wrote so many blogs, like I have a lot of blogs. And so I'd have to go change like all of the blogs and all of the like calls to action and stuff like that as well. And it was just like, oh, so many pages. But I prioritized the the big stuff, right? Yeah. So like the more front facing things, all of the specialty things, the bios and about us pages. Like, so I prioritized and I took it in chunks because yeah. like the likelihood, although I do, as you know, Miranda, I have this one blog I wrote about sex that is like literally my highest performing blog of ever. I, it's about, is it, um, it's, it's about, about foreplay. foreplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Specifically and gets thousands of, of thousands hits every of month. Hits. Like just like people are like, yes, Tabby knows about foreplay. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. So that is like that, which I find hilarious because I wrote it years ago now. I'm like, man, I need to do an update of that. That was a pretty good blog. Um, 
<laughs> but like other than that one, which I did prioritize in the relanguaging because that one does get so much traffic. Yeah. I prioritized other things first and then kind of went through. And I think that's the thing that like we are human and we have finite time and resource and ability. So if I like when I look at like for me, like I said, I do most of my own back end stuff. I could have hired that out if I wanted to and been like, hey, I need you to go through and do this. Mm -hmm. um, for me, that wasn't my jam, but that's why I was like, I can do little bits at a time and that's going to be okay. And, and I think that's the thing that we all need to remember, like, especially if we have to do like an update or a rebrand or relanguaging or something like that, that like, it's okay to do it in parts. Like you don't yeah. have to go big or go home. It's not all or nothing. We would totally say this to our clients, wouldn't we? Right. And sometimes we have to like therapize ourselves. <laughs> Progress, not perfection, right? Exactly. Yeah. Talk about that in business school for therapists all the time. Progress, not perfection. We can just make little shifts and changes that have a big impact over time. Right. Yeah. So, what does your website do for your group practice? What percentage of of calls you got come directly from your website? At this Honestly, point? almost all of them. Like we we don't we no longer have a psychology today profile mm -hmm. um, at all. And, and it hasn't hurt us. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's really great for some practices. It just really didn't do much for us. And so we just mm -hmm. didn't keep it. Um, but we, like, honestly, when we look at our data on how are people finding us, it's either through a previous client, current client, another therapist, or Google. Mm -hmm. And by far, at this point, it's Google. I mean, it's mm -hmm. definitely other therapists as well. We have wonderful connections with other yeah. colleagues around us. But it really, like, if it's just somebody who's like looking for therapy and it's maybe their first time, hundred percent, it's a Google search. And mm -hmm. that has been really amazing. And I've heard over and over and over again, um, your website was talking to me and mm -hmm. I was doing an intake with a client, um, with a potential client. And I was like, Hey, have this amazing clinician. Cause I'm full. Um, mm -hmm. but I have this amazing clinician who I think you would love. Here's her bio. Let me know what you think. And they looked at it and they were like, I think she's talking to me mm. like it was written for me. And mm. I was like, let's get you on the calendar, you know? Ugh. And that, that says to me that we are saying the things that we need to say that people are resonating mm -hmm. with. And, and, and that's the beautiful thing about it. Mm -hmm. Well, and what does that feel like for your clinicians, right? that you're able to highlight what they do so beautifully to attract clients to them. Cause this is an issue that happens for a lot of group practice owners. Mm -hmm. They've, they've established themselves. They know how to describe what they do. They have all these referrals. Then they hire someone and like, there's nothing to bring. Everyone still wants the owner and nobody wants the other clinicians. Like, what does that feel like? Do you think for your employees to like, see them on the page, highlighted like that to have people read it and go, Oh yes, I need that. Like how, how does that impact them? Oh my gosh. is such a morale boost for them where they're like, yeah, you know, like this, this is me and people want to see me that I can help people. You know, these are the people that, that God has given me to help and mm -hmm. that I'm going to resonate with. And that's really awesome. And I think for group owners, even though this is a little off website topic, but you know, love your staff well and know them well yeah. and figure out how to talk about them. 
right? Because I was very well known when I became a great practice. Like mm-hmm. people knew who I was, but mm-hmm. like I hired these incredible people. And fortunately, my first hire was a intern who had worked with me for a year. So I knew her super well and how to talk about her and how her, how amazing she is. And, you know, so to be able to like really take joy in your people mm-hmm. and talk about their amazingness, they don't have to be just like you. The way yeah. we do therapy is definitely in the rhythm that I believe good therapy is done in. Without Mm -hmm. a doubt, we have a certain way of doing it. We are definitely not just talk therapy. We are very Mm -hmm. much, you know, brain, body-based, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. But how we talk about each clinician's gifting and strength is so important. And Mm -hmm. so that's where, like, you know, we can dive in and really show that on the site. What makes them them? What makes them awesome? And sometimes interviewing people can be super rad in that way. Have you ever interviewed your staff and been like, (laughs) How'd you, why, why'd you become a therapist to begin with? This is a great question. Yes. Yes. I love this. Reverend Brandon said, yes, I love that tab with a uh, lot of your staff well and know them well. And I think this is the thing too. I, I find it so fascinating um, when people hire client care coordinators, intake receptionists, whatever fancy name you want to give them. I hear a lot of them say, well, like they're not doing a good job of selling these other people. Well, what that tells me is that your website isn't a doing good job of conveying that because in theory, that receptionist should be able to read that bio and have such a clear sense. And maybe there could be a video interview that again, your receptionist or that potential client that they would feel so engaged and go like, oh my gosh, like, yes, like I get what this person is about. Mm -hmm. And I could speak with confidence to say like, oh, like, yeah, I think you'd really like, you know, Sally May or you really like Robert um, or Tahim or, or whomever. Like, oh, my gosh, like, I think you'd really vibe with them because I hear you saying this and they're really about that. Like that is that that gives people just a sense of like caring and confidence versus, hey, go ahead and uh, read over the bios of the people on the website that have options. It's only this person and that person. And then give me a call back and tell me who you want to schedule with. That's a whole different thing than like, they know those bios, they know those other clinicians. Um, And I think that, and again, a little off topic of on terms of websites, but it, but it isn't, it's, is the website really conveying, do your staff all really know each other and like each other in a beautiful way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for assistants and receptionists and thing like, yeah, have them sit down with your clinicians. Yeah. Right. Have them take that website bio and sit down with them and be like, tell me about you. What do yeah. you love? You know, yeah. and really like that is one thing that I've always had an assistant do. You mm-hmm. need to meet with every clinician and, I, and every intern because I market interns the same way, mm-hmm. you know, and I want you to talk to them. Find out what makes them tick. Who do they love seeing? Mm-hmm. Right. So when that person calls, you're going to know. Like, oh my gosh, this is perfect for Amanda or it's perfect for Norma or Robert or Kristen or Victoria. Like, it's going to be a perfect space. I wonder what it would be like. I'm so curious if you had your receptionist or or intake person, if they did like a stream yard, like a live like Mm -hmm. this on your social media where they were actually interviewing the person, doing a video, you're getting some content. (laughs) put on your website at the same time. Like, I wonder if there could be like some kind of win, win, win in terms of putting that out into the world. I think that would be kind of fun. 
I think it would be fun. And I think it's so nice, again, for people to be able to know you, right? And we lose so much. I mean, we can do a lot with words. Like if you check out my website, there are some good words. I love my words. But it's so much different to have that 3D-ish type connection. Like how does Tabitha vibe? How does Victoria vibe? How does whoever vibe, you know? And like, you know, I my personality is different than my other clinicians' personalities. And but we're all super fun people who really love what we do. And I think you get the chance to see that in video. Yeah. It's a it's a kind of a magical thing. Um, I want to make sure you guys can see this, the journey in the process.com. Um, go and check that out. I think it's it's so much fun um to see just I, I think it's it's an interesting thing, you know, in in business school for therapists, we give people like an actual template, like, Hey, here's, here's now a website that's already like kind of set up for you. But ultimately like people are like, what is like a good looking website look like? What does it sound like? What are the colors? And it's like, Oh, the colors are the colors that resonate with you and your clients. Like mm -hmm. ultimately the images are the images that resonate with you and your clients. The wording is the wording that resonates with you and your clients. If you just took Tabitha's website and you duplicated everything, every you stole every bit of content and copy and you put it on your website, it wouldn't grow your practice in an authentic way. Like those people wouldn't stay and stick because you are not a carbon copy of Tabitha. Um, and I think that piece of really diving into like, oh, what is this like? Who am I really? Like that's a hard piece. And it's something that happens over time, just like the you you mentioned the transition from I to we from solo to group practice, but also over time as you uncover who you are as a clinician, most of us do not come straight out of grad school or day one of private practice. We have full awareness of our magic, you know, because there's there's almost like an undoing sometimes with I, I know for me. And I had pretty good like nonprofit experience. There was definitely some flexibility um, and some room for me to kind of bring my magic. But there were also like some rules and and things about that that were specific to the agency, to the nonprofit, to the government, you know, to the county that didn't always fit with me. And I had to kind of work around that um, with some of my specialties. Like I couldn't do a faith based specialty where I said like, hey, let's integrate your faith in a way that makes sense for you, like in a nonprofit and in the county, it was like, oh, if you want to talk about your faith and how it's impacting your depression or mental health, or if I want to use your faith as a support for your depression and kind of like integrate scripture in a way, because that's a cognitive behavioral therapy intervention, like I couldn't do that, or I'd have to do it in this like weird, random, like, <laughs> you know, way to kind of protect myself um in that space and that gave me flexibility to be like no like here's like let's just have a real conversation about this like wh what is this what does this look like and feel like and let's have real conversations about how faith can be and and you know religious institutions can be amazing and amazing source of support and they can also like burn you to the ground <laughs> you know and like what, what is it? <laughs> like like all the things so like let's like have real conversations so i just think it's it's such a cool thing so going back to the website stuff as we kind of i know i've had you on here forever already which That's i love okay. cuz i love hanging out with you um <laughs> 
what advice would you have to therapists who want to have a healthy group practice and are really struggling with their website? Um, what advice would you say to a group practice owner in particular who's like, my website is not bringing me most of my referrals. My website is like not doing anything for me. What would you tell them? First thing I would say is sit with yourself and do some journaling. Mm -hmm. What colors do you like? What aesthetic do you like? What brings you joy? What draws you in, right? Because we therapy is an extension of the gifts that we've been given. So if we know ourselves and know our vibe, like my vibe is definitely um, very natural, very outdoorsy. There's a lot about hiking in various places on my website because it is a thing that I love. And it's Damn. something that, that we all recommend to my clients very often. Like this is what we do. Um, so like there's a vibe. I mean, you notice there's mountains behind me, right? Like, so like that's a whole vibe for the site for me. And so knowing what colors I like, like I am not a pastel person. That's just not my vibe. It's, it's beautiful for other people, but I could not look at my own website and be okay. So if you mm -hmm. can't stare at your own website and be like, I really like this, nobody else is going to eat it. So you have to be authentically you, right? So if you're like, man, I love the colors of Easter, pinks and greens and pastels and all of that, you would not love my site. And that's cool. Make your own, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and what, what would draw your ideal client in? So when you're talking to people, um, what, what is it that you're hearing? You know, I think going into some of the things that are in the business school space can help you really get a good understanding of how do you need to talk to things. And yes, that is my, my very natural looking site. <laughs> I love, love all the outsidey things. Um, and you know, what do you, what do you need to say? And doing some journaling around that, right? And like that can become your content as you kind of go through things. Um, and, and really just trusting what, you know, trusting your gut on being able to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I think that's the piece is I, I think, um, this is going to sound kind of funny, but I think grad school kind of ruins us for writing mm -hmm. um, because it teaches us to do this like research oriented silly, like, let's go and do a, um, a research paper with APA format or what have you. Mm -hmm. And it makes us scared to just talk with people yeah. in a way that like is engaging. Right. And I think that is like, it's such a disservice, like ultimately mm -hmm. to our, um, to clinicians, because then we have to unlearn that. <laughs> And we right. have to give ourselves permission to like speak in a way that actually like makes sense again. <laughs> we have right. to be in this place of like, oh no, like, wait a minute. Like I actually do have a voice and I talk with people mm -hmm. all the time. I empathize with people all the time. I give people hope all the time. Like I do this mm -hmm. on a daily basis on a one-to-one -one, and now I'm just have this opportunity to kind of do it in a one-to-many and I'm very capable very yep. capable and that's even if you speak multiple languages like mm -hmm. even if you you struggle in the written format like all those things like you are more capable than you think and mm -hmm. maybe it, it's just that if you struggle with writing maybe you do a video message first and then you have someone take that video message and translate it into text for you you know like there's a yeah. way absolutely and i think you know 
again, there's a beautiful place for APA. I do love a good citation, not going to lie. <laughs> I'm at, like there are parts of me that are research geeky. I'm just that girl. Um, I mean, but, yeah, same girl, same. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nerdy, but that, but like we, it's a conversation, right? Yeah. Like we can have this conversation with the people that, that we know we help best. Yeah. And and I've said that a few times because it's so, so important, right? We don't have to help everybody. I did a search once um, when I was in business school that was like, hey, what is how, my zip code? How many people are there? And if I just said 10% struggle with trauma and girl, after 2020, we know it's way more than 10%, right? <laughs> like I would have had to see like, a, and I, I, I averaged it out by all of the therapists that were listed anywhere that I could find them. Right. Mm -hmm. And then did, just did simple math. Cause I'm, that is my capability is simple math. And I would have had to see a thousand clients a week myself to meet the need. I'm mm -hmm. not the right fit for a thousand clients. First of all, mm -hmm. I would explode. Secondly, yeah. like they're not all my people. Right. Yeah. So there's plenty of need that the people that are your people that are the ones you help best can find you and having a good website to help them get there. Like we're, yeah. we're doing people a disservice if we don't make ourselves available and findable. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing is like, Hey, you know, I want you to find me. If you're my person, I want you to find yeah. Sally down the street. If she's your person. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Mallory Grimsey. Excellent points, Tabitha. <laughs> Mallory has a amazing website as well. Check that out. It's Give her a search, y'all. She is beautiful. We'll have to have her come on to the series as well because it's um, beautiful website, amazing YouTube stuff as well. So, so much fun. Well, thank you so much, Tabby, for coming on to share your journey of creating a website that really makes um, sense for you and that has grown with you as a solo and a group practice, five clinicians, multi-state, all of the things really touching the people that deeply need you. If you are someone who's trying to figure out um, what's happening with the websites for therapists, um, we have a free um, packet for you um, that's, that's easy um, for websites for therapists. I'm going to link it um, over here, um, a little checklist to DIY or outsource your client generating website. Know that it can be done. Um, that you are worthy of it and that people really, truly, deeply, they want to find you. They want to connect with you. They want to be a part of your practice. Like that is just a true statement. Um, so go and check that out. And of course, we have our business school for therapists. If you want our handholding, our templates, us helping you with the branding, design, writing, all the things kind of that done with you experience, check out business school. We are open as of this week um, for business school. So you can check that out as well. <sighs> Until next time, y'all have a great day. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.